the comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Good Thursday afternoon. Welcome to us, The View from a Pew. Uh, Pastor Delmar and myself, Mac, we're running through what the Bible says about the Messiah. And uh, today is our third day, and it's the Messiah rejected. And Pastor Austin, you've been teaching this whole week about these uh, uh, prophecies that one by one by one after another came true, and yet the Israelites, the children of God, didn't recognize it. They're surprised in many ways. Jesus is born into this world. They're surprised. He fulfills these prophecies, and they don't see it because they haven't really read those prophecies or listened to those prophecies to know for themselves. And that's the lesson, Mac, that I want to try to bring out as we talk about all these things. Are we listening to Scripture? Are we listening to what the Bible is really saying? Well, even David wrote in Psalms uh, 118, 22, were the stone that the builders rejected. Exactly. And that was Jesus, but they rejected him. And later on, the disciples can see that, and they can see it so plainly, but even his own disciples didn't see it at first. Yeah. But one of the one of the parts of these prophecies that's given showed us that the Messiah would be rejected, which is a real mystery. Here is the one that Israel has been waiting for so long, and yet when Jesus comes, they reject him. Why? Because they really don't understand what his purpose is, what he really came to do. Yeah, they, they, they expected him to be a warrior, uh, a king, and to kill all of the Jews' enemies, including the Romans. And in a way, all that happened, but just not done by Jesus. Well, and they rejected him, and the, and the Bible told us that. The prophecy said that Jesus would be rejected from Isaiah 53. It says, for he shall grow up before him. This is in verse 2. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant mm. and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should despise him. Yeah, Jesus was... Or desire him, excuse me, desire him. He, he was not a good-looking man. Isaiah made it clear. He, didn't, he wasn't tall, and he wasn't a king in the way they thought they needed a king. People, people look for certain things in a leader. It, it, it is actually true that they look for somebody tall or they look for somebody good-looking, oh, yeah. and that is the person that they are drawn to. The Bible here says Jesus, uh, not that he's not, uh, you know, has a decent form, but the Bible says that he, that is not what characterizes Jesus in this world, not by just physical beauty or physical strength. In verse 3, 
It goes on, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. And one of the greatest things that, that show us this is the, the way that the religious leaders of Israel reject Jesus. And in fact, they spend most of their time going around trying to undercut the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. They try to find questions that will trip him up. Yeah, they really tried to trap him over and over and over. And it was Jesus' wit that constantly told the Romans that you're, you're not going to get me, but you're gonna, it's going to be done nicely and kindly. And eventually, they start getting together. We know this later on in the Gospels. They, the religious leaders get together, and they plot how to get rid of Jesus. Yep. They have, they have all sorts of, of ways that they are going to do this, and they even get one of his disciples in, yep. in that, those plans so that they can carry this out and uh, that Jesus will be rejected. Now, in Luke chapter 19, it's interesting. Jesus, of course, knows everything that's, that's taking place. He knows that people are working against him. If you go over to uh, Luke chapter 19, there are, there's a couple moments in the last few days in the life of, of Jesus that Jesus becomes very plain about what is happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Luke 19, verse 41, the Bible tells us, Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. This is after the triumphal entry. This is after the time that yeah. Jesus arrives on the back of a donkey and everybody sees him as a king. Hosanna, Hosanna. Exactly. But instead of you know, being a part of that moment with all that excitement going on, Jesus is saddened because he knows what's going to happen that week. He knows that he is going to face the completion of their rejection. And so here's what Jesus says. He says, if you had known, even you, especially in your day, the things that make for your peace— but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. He's talking about what the Romans are going to do. And it's only a few years away when this is going to happen. And they will level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Because why? Because you did not know the time of your visitation. You lost out. You missed what visitation? The visitation of the Messiah. The Messiah came and you didn't know it was the Messiah and you rejected the Messiah and you were rejecting the work that God was doing in this world to provide salvation for mankind. And it's just this incredibly sad moment when every, everyone should have been excited and thrilled, and Jesus weeps because he knows what is going to happen to Israel. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. That's in the Gospel of John. Yeah. Also in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus, it's during the week before Jesus dies on the cross. During the week... Jesus is teaching in the temple, and he is 
trying to explain, you know, the last things that he wants people to see and to understand. And the religious leaders are really hot on his trail, and they are just trying to uh, interrupt all the time and uh, stop him from doing his work. And uh, finally, Jesus goes into these uh, denouncements of the Pharisees, and he comes to the very end, and he says this, your house is left to you desolate. Mm. The, 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 the temple that has been the place to worship God is now left to you. you. You won't listen to me. You won't listen to God's word. You won't listen to the prophecies that were given that explained the reason that I'm here. Why? Because you have rejected me. And therefore, you will be, you will be rejected because you were not ready at the time of your visitation. And we still reject him today. It just drives me crazy. Both us followers and non-followers, they don't know the biblical Jesus. They don't know the real story. And it, it's there in front of them. I, I think uh, Christians uh, are guilty many times of rejecting Jesus because they really don't, aren't listening to the biblical Jesus. They make Jesus into the kind of person right. that they would want him to be. And, and the problem with that is we all have sinful hearts still, and, and we end up making Jesus something that he's not. Jesus is the, is the Savior of Scripture. He is the Redeemer that came, and, and his purposes were all explained in Scripture so clearly. Listen to what Scripture is saying about Jesus. You will know him better. You know, it's interesting because the 10th commandment is thou shalt not covet. And covet does not mean want as much as it means I'm not satisfied with what I have. That's the coveting. And that's what we do today when it comes to Jesus. We want something that we don't have, and we want him to give it to us. When, in fact, he already is. We're just not smart enough to open our eyes. And listen to his words. I think we would like Jesus to condone a lot of behavior that uh, that the Bible condemns. We we would like to make Jesus say what we want him to say, and uh, if we do that, we're really rejecting the Jesus of Scripture. Yeah, sometimes, uh, and I I don't say this to be disrespectful, but sometimes when I read the Bible, I just want to read the words in red. Not that the other words are any less powerful through God, but sometimes just to listen to him and his parables and explain himself. I mean, I rejected him for 50 years. And now I read the Bible and I listen to sermons, and it's just, I should have had a V8 50 years ago, you know? Merrick, I have a friend that told me his experience. He grew up in a non-Christian home. And uh, as he was growing up, he just had no idea of what the Bible said and the Bible taught. Came to a a situation in his life, got led to a church. He heard the gospel preached for the first time, began to read it for himself. And he said, the reason I knew that this was true was because I'd be reading along, and every time 
every situation Jesus was in, he would say something completely different than what I expected. (laughs) I knew that this was some other power, this was some other way than what I was familiar with. This was the gospel. Yeah, this was the message that we've all been waiting to hear. And, you know, I heard it for, I keep saying 50 years, but I was 50 when Jesus smugged me and, and came to get me. Or as my friend at Bible study says, Jesus hugged him. Yes. Because Jesus had been in his life, all of his life, but at some point he, he knew Jesus even better. If we would just understand the Jesus that's in the Bible. If we don't want to end up in the same boat as the those that rejected Jesus in his time, we need to listen to Scripture, and that means we need to read Scripture more carefully, and that's one of the things we ought to do at Christmas time. We ought to be reading the story of Jesus. Read those Messianic prophecies and realize what it is that Jesus came for. All right, when we come back, what does the Bible say about the Messiah? Finally, tomorrow, it's the Messiah King. Jesus coming foretells his eventual kingdom, and we'll look at the Bible verses that make up that prophecy. I'm Mac McCoy. I want to thank you for listening to The View from a Pew. You can reach us at Mac, M-A-C, like macaroni, at theviewfromapew.com, and also anywhere you listen to pod sites, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, We are there. Just tell them you want to hear The View from a Pew. And do me a favor, if you or somebody you know goes to a pod site and it's not there, make sure you tell us because we appreciate it. It's also live on Facebook and YouTube, and we are very thankful for our worldwide sponsor, DivineTruthChristian.com. DivineTruthChristian.com is a local uh, family-owned business, and you know what? When you go online to find something you want to buy, when you push play, or pay, excuse me, one of the family members comes on the phone live and takes your order. Now that's service. Divine Truth Christian Store, where you'll find more.